Growing Up Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast with Marvel Cinematic Universe Future Talk, a week kind of reflection on Endgame, New Game of Thrones, and a bunch of other stuff. I'm your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. This week on the Going Up Cast, we talk more about Marvel and Endgame, and we talk a little bit about this week's episode of Game of Thrones, new chapters, new songs of the week. All for your listening pleasure, but let us not dilly nor dally any longer and get right into it. Real quick housekeeping here at the top of the episode. I want to talk about when the May Patreon live stream is going to be. It's going to be a bit tricky this month because I go to San Jose in a little while. And we also have uh, Mother's Day coming up here pretty soon. So I'm probably going to want to do something for my mom on that day scratches probably the 19th actually we should be good for the 19th um i will be back from san jose at that time so mark it in your calendars patreon live stream going on then then also if you want to keep an eye on um on uh, the social medias i've been live streaming on and off every now and then just on twitch uh playing some diablo and i'm thinking of doing one of those um heart gold uh randomizer uh nuzlocke runs which i think could be a lot of fun so keep your eyes on that, and I will be sure to tweet out um, at Garncast on Twitter or at M-A-R-G-I-N-K-O-R on Twitter. And uh, obviously you can follow me at Instagram at Andrew underscore Logan underscore letter N underscore things. Andrew Logan and things at Instagram. And you can find out when I'll be streaming and all that fun stuff and follow on the Twitch page and do all that crazy crap. And you can also support on Patreon if you like what I do on the Going Up cast. Or you can check out the goingcast.com forward slash store. Or you can buy customized audiobook readings for your listening pleasure. There we go. Just a little, little bit of a shameless plug at the top of the episode. Let's get into this stuff. So it's been a little while and I've had more time to stew on it. And it's also made like $1.6 billion worldwide. And it's probably going to hit over $2 billion in like a week. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Endgame and um, what the overall kind of message was and where I think um, where previously I disliked an aspect of the movie, I actually think it makes a lot of narrative sense and I wanted to talk about it. Basically, Professor Hulk in the movie, um, at first I was amused by the joke and then the joke got stale for me kind of like um uh thor lebowski fat thor um whatever you want to call him and like it was it was interesting because it was so different from how we were used to the characters that i didn't really not appreciate but you know like i i wanted the characters that we had known this whole time but i also understand there was a five-year time jump so they had to mix some stuff up and um, a lot of people have pointed out that Thor in uh, Endgame is like the poster child for depression. 110%. Uh, like, he's got a big old smile, but you can tell he's in a lot of pain. And you, that's the thing with depression is that you don't really see it on the surface. It's buried deep down and it's people like smiling through the pain and how they're actually in a terrible spot. So I really appreciate that being part of the story because it's really uh, well represented in the film but professor hulk um is is kind of uh, an interesting thing where it's like for me what made hulk interesting was the the split personality the the inner turmoil the dichotomy of bruce banner and the hulk 
you've got the guy with the brawn and then you've got you know captain smarty pants and they were almost always at odds working against each other um and occasionally side by side uh but they were always like two characters you know as the dr jekyll mr hyde thing um but with the passage of time banner what was it through 18 months of gamma radiation therapy is what he said was able to merge the two entities to become Professor Hulk with the brawn and the brain into one person. And you could view that as uh, him overcoming his like personal demons and truly being at peace with himself. You know, he was no longer two halves of a whole. It was one singular entity. Like he, he did it. He, he like fought his demons and overcame them. And now he is whole and complete and happy. Like, I didn't, I didn't really think about that. I just thought it'd be like, oh, this would be a fun thing to do. But it makes a lot of sense for the character. Where, like, Banner's whole thing even tells you in the in the endgame. Where, like, he always thought of uh, of the Hulk as the as the disease, not the cure. And it was just a, you know, perception change. And then he was made whole by the events of this film. Um, it's, it's, the, the movie does an excellent job of taking like the core group of the Avengers and giving them the the farewell fitting of the character except for Black Widow she she did not get um uh her her ideal ending I would say but perhaps that was the thing with Black Widow is that she lived day to day never knowing what the future was going to hold and then just one day that was it and it kind of fits the character a little bit but when everybody else basically got like a pretty nice send I suppose Tony got fucked too um a little bit but you know he had the five years with his family and his daughter like he had that time it was um like he experienced it it would have been nice for him to live on and continue living that life but you know not everybody has a happy ending and tony said so at the end of the movie and like cap grows old and has his time with peggy and all these all the you know, like hawkeye goes back to his family professor hulk Thor goes off to be a part of the Ask Guardians of the Galaxy, which I cannot wait for Guardians of the Galaxy three and Search of Gamora. Uh, you can just you could feel it coming down the pipeline. Even Peter, like when he met up with Ned again, um, it was everybody's like either their their stories are done and they're off to live their lives, having done their job, having passed on the torch to the next generation of Captain Marvels and Doctor Stranges and Spidermans and. Uh, new Hawkeyes and new Captain Americas and all that fun stuff. And I, for one, am... It's interesting. I've heard uh, I've heard people be like, I can't wait to see what Marvel's going to do next. Um, I'm currently waiting for Spider-Man 2 because that is the, quote, the end of Phase 3. So there's one more movie left in this whole stint. In this whole thing of Marvel, there's one movie left. Um, and then after that, I mean... I've heard some people say that they're done with Marvel. I mean these are 23 soon to be 24 on average incredible films there's a couple of stinkers in the group but i mean the 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 accomplishment here the story that was told over the period of time the way these characters grew and developed and changed and the caliber of acting the the memories of the marvel cinematic universe i mean nothing in cinema comes close to achieving the sort of impact like star wars tried but this is so much more successful of being a continuous narrative of these incredible movies and stuff like that. And you can think about the individual scenes, and honestly, it's like it's like a run of comic books. 
they they fucking did it. It's it's killer. Such a big fan. Also, somebody pointed this out to me. Um, with the with the five year jump and people being snapped back into existence, all of a sudden, like just think about it, like half half of humanity, right? So you know, reasonably, you could say that half of the people you know in your life, family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, vanished. And you could have been amongst them, or you remained. Either way, people you knew are there's a five year age gap all of a sudden, right? So like we know Ned was snapped because he wasn't any older, things like that. But oh god, like you could have you could have been a freshman in high school, and you get snapped back in, and your best friend is like in college, and is like is fucking gone, and has gone through some shit. They've gone through five years of virtual isolation from half of humanity. They are going to be a completely different person. That I would love that movie, and I hope that I hope we get it with Spider-Man: uh, Far From Home. Like that's the next movie in the universe. Like after the events of Endgame, like that would be incredible to see the impact of who got snapped and who didn't. You know? Oh man. That'd be, that'd be pretty nuts. Also, I think Happy was snapped. I think Happy got snapped. Um, I remember reading that somewhere that uh, Happy, um, John Favreau's character, was snapped and he was brought back. I'm not 100%, but I think that's true. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they've got to mention it. This is huge. This is like that uh, a change of the hum- human character on that scale. Like, holy crap. I want to know how, like, governments get rebuilt. Like, five years, you know? <laughs> president ain't president. You know, that kind of thing. Like, how do you how do you recover and move on? So, I hope they address some of these uh, questions. Because they have built up and have pulled this off. And now get to play in, uh, you could almost argue, a post-apocalyptic world um, of their own creation that I don't think any other media could could touch. You know, without it being like cheesy, but it's like ten years of buildup, twenty-three movies to have half of humanity vanish and reappear five years later. What do you do? How do you? How do you do? Make like everybody has a singular, unique bonding experience. That's one of the things that I think. That's like one of the only things I can think that can unite humanity. You know, that's why I'm convinced that humans will only start working together as a, a fucking whole when we collectively have another thing to interact with the second aliens make their presence known then humanity will uni- unify you know what i mean because now it's not just us against each other it's us against some other bullshit and when the other bullshit gets here and we have a thing to focus on every single one of us then humans can unite and this is one of those moments of humanity where they all experienced this big or small rich or poor old young whatever everyone experienced this you were either gone for five years and suddenly brought back or you you remained and half of people were gone although i suppose you could also argue that this is more divisive than anything because now you've got the five-year crew and the snapped crew and it's split perfectly down the middle of half of humanity. I'd like to think that it'd be more unifying than that. But, I mean, humanity is pretty divisive as 
as beings, you know, we argue, we fight all the goddamn time. So perhaps it'll have the adverse effect, and now it's like versus versus kind of thing. I don't know. I'm not a philosophical anthropologist, so I can't determine the psychological direction humanity as a whole would go in such an instance, but if we're lucky, we'll never have to answer that question because I can't think of a single actual thing that would cause half of humanity to die and then reappear five years later. So, there you go. But it is a, uh, it is, it is a phenomenal film. A couple of things I've discovered about the film since watching it. Number one, Thor is wearing Crocs the entire time up until the battle, which I thought was pretty, was pretty goddamn awesome. I don't have a follow-up fact. Um, I don't know why I said number one. That was the only one I, uh, I learned since, uh, since then. Also, a lot of people have pointed out that, uh, Thanos being that difficult to fight is kind of bullshit. Um, and I, I can appreciate that, but I think, I think what the thing is, is that he was always that kind of an ass kicker and we get a taste of it, right? I mean, do people forget how easily he dispatched the Hulk? I mean, granted he had one of the infinity stones at that point, but he, it was, it was brawling. He didn't use the infinity stone then. And we know that because using the Infinity Stones has a pretty fucking clear-cut glow about it, right? He didn't use the Infinity Stone then. So, it's it's not that uh <laughs> it's not that unreasonable to think that Thanos is just such a fucking ass kicker. And I think the reason why it caught a lot of people off guard was because in the first in Infinity War, he mostly just uses the stones. And in many ways, despite the power of the stones, they acted as like a hindrance, a crutch. He relied on them for pretty much every fight, you know? But at the same time, when he threw a punch with his other hand, those motherfuckers went down hard. So it's, he didn't feel the need to be such an ass kicker and he didn't have to have work as hard because he had the stones. He was already incredibly powerful because of the stones. But without them, he's forced to like come back to all these other ways of fighting. So in my head, it makes perfect sense that he'd be a total ass kicker. We just didn't see him in the first one because he had the stones and he didn't feel the need. But you do not get that sort of army and you do not get this sort of notoriety and you do not gain that sort of power without being a person of power yourself, okay? It's not his drive to the Infinity Stones that caused him to get all of these followers, right? He didn't have the stones when he annihilated planets half at a time, you know? He was, he was Thanos. He is incredibly intimidating and powerful on his own. And in many ways, the stones made him weaker in some ways and made him stronger in others, you know? He was weak because he was relying on the power of the stones in order to meet his goals. But he's, like, the the fighting he did in Endgame without him is just... I mean, that's just that's just strength right there. And then a lot of people have been talking about the fan service of the movie. Like, um, certain shots are basically designed to make the fan feel good. Um which are wonderful and I love them. One of my favorite shots actually was um, when like the, the women of, of the MCU were like marching into the battle. I do love that shot. A lot of people gave it crap, which I think is just fucking horse shit. Those women are fucking incredible. And indeed, Captain Marvel is the most powerful one of all of them. Like, who else could headbutt a ship and have it explode? Fucking no one. She is the fucking bomb. But what I love about that scene is Mantis is amongst them, which I think is great. But what was she going to do? Like, she, yeah, she has to physically touch somebody in order for her powers to be effective. And I didn't see, like, a gun or a knife or nothing. 
She's just kind of there because she's one of the amazing women of the MCU. But I don't think I don't see how she would have been helpful in that instance, which I think is adorable. I also love uh, Peter Parker introducing himself to like fucking everybody and just being just having fun because he's a kid. He's a kid in high school. I don't know about y'all, but if I was thrown into that fucking nest of shit when I was in high school, holy shit, I'd be I'd be in trouble. So he handled himself very well and I love the I like the the idea of his constant chattering as being like his coping mechanism with dealing with just the unworldly amount of bullshit that that kid has had to go through in his short time oh my god it's he's the fucking best so yeah um, I also wanted to mention the, the couple of moments that made me cry in this movie um three come come into my head number one uh Tony hugging Peter in the final battle fuck that was great. Uh, number two, uh, happy talking to Tony's kid at the funeral about the cheeseburgers. That really got me. And then Spider-Man and Ned uh, meeting again in high school or in the, like the hallway and uh, doing their handshake and hugging it out because Ned looks so happy to see Peter. And uh, just, I love it. I love it so much. So yeah, a week later, uh, the movie's really grown on me and it is such a satisfying ending to the MCU. Uh, does it leave me wanting more? Honestly, similar to, um, oh God, what was it? How to Train Your Dragon. Um, the ending was of such a, a caliber that this, this could be the end of it. And I'd be like, wow, that was an incredible ride. And, you know, I'll see Spider-Man. I know they're making a Black Widow movie. I know they're making all the TV shows. And I, now that we've seen what Endgame is, I'm sitting here hoping for, like, fingers crossed eternally that the Winter Soldier Falcon show is all about Falcon becoming the new Captain America I want it to be like kind of like a buddy training thing of like getting him up to snuff to be the new Captain America I think that'd be incredible I would love that so much so we'll just have to wait and see but it was it was a it's a, it's a Herculean cinematic achievement that could be met again it could it could happen again marvel could make up a new batch of characters i mean the marvel comics do not short on heroes not at all and they proved with shit like guardians of the galaxy and black panther that they could take characters that aren't weren't necessarily mainstream characters and turn them into beloved icons like 10 years ago nobody would have known who the fuck drax the destroyer was it wasn't going to fucking happen. Or Groot? No way. Talking Tree? Hell no. But now he's like fucking adored by humanity. Everybody loves Groot. So it's like, they got this shit. It's going to be great. And we're all going to love it. But like I, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it last week or I just thought this to myself. They need to start again at the at square one. They can't maintain this momentum. They got to re-simplify this shit like ground their new characters and slowly build up to it you can't just go fucking end game to end game version two like you gotta you gotta earn it you earned it the first time marvel and we all love you for it but now you gotta now you gotta do it again so you got another 20 yeah another 10 years of movies in order for you to achieve something similar but remember that you they will always be comparing this shit to what already happened so understand that you struck lightning but you're on the hunt for it again. Good luck, Marvel. Good luck. Let's move on to the next thing. 
real quick, I just wanted to talk about Game of Thrones. Now, you know, with the Going Up cast, I only like to talk about things that make me happy or I find particularly interesting. And with Game of Thrones this week, while it was a decent episode, I feel like the direction they're going with the story is very contradictory to what they've done so far. Um, a lot of character growth and development is being thrown out the window, and it's a it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Like, the season started with so much promise, and now it seems like they don't really know how they're going to end the season, or the show, actually. And they're just kind of floundering around in the dirt. I mean, I don't, like... It'll end. An ending of Game of Thrones is coming. Whether or not it's going to be one we all wanted, I don't think it's going to be that. And to, as far as I'm concerned, they've it's already done. Like, if they flip the script and go against the direction it's headed for the rest of the season now, that's even worse. But the direction they're going isn't great. Like, it, they've set up failure already. It doesn't matter how it ends, because they've already screwed it up, as far as, as far as I'm concerned. Because there is so much story to tell, and they did not give themselves enough time to tell it, which is stupid. This is, this, they, they had, nobody was forcing them to make a shorter show. Like, this is all HBO, and like, they could have given themselves more time and more episodes if they wanted to. But they chose to do this. They chose to do this path. So, and the fact that it's already like, well... There's two episodes left. There's far too much story in order for you to tell it correctly in these episodes. So, good job. You fucked it up. That's kind of where I'm at. And I don't really want to focus on it because it just makes me upset and it makes me sad that it's it's gone this way. Now I'm like, I can't wait to read the books and fuck if those are ever going to get done. And now they're focusing on three prequels or sequels of Game of Thrones. I don't really remember. And they're just going to milk this cash cow for all it's worth. And it's, it's, it's a bummer. Uh, for sure, because while it is one of the best TV shows of all time, I don't think it's going to end very well, and it's going to make a lot of people mad. So, although, to be perfectly fair, people are going to get mad no matter what you do. You could give somebody a hunk of solid gold, and they're going to complain it's too heavy. So, that's how that's how the world works uh, a lot of the times. But, oh well, perhaps other people out there are happy with what's going on, but you ain't going to get that here. Not with me. It's fine. Sigh. Oh well. Oh well. Game of Thrones. What are you gonna do? Shakes head shrugs. Anyway, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Finally, this week I wanted to tell a story. I had the immense pleasure of witnessing my all-time favorite musician perform live before my very eyes, probably the 14th or 15th time. I've completely lost track. And that is Mr. Alan Doyle of former Great Big C fame. His solo career is going strong and steady. They are a wonderful live act. One of the one of the best, most consistent performers I've ever seen. I've seen them, God, basically my entire life. I've been watching. I've been watching this band perform uh, at least fifteen years. I can't remember the the first concert, but long time I've been I've been watching him perform and he is just the he's the best he always tells stories about like what he did in the, in the town that day um it's always very funny uh the music is just classic kind of clap your hands sing along kind of songs it's it's just phenomenal and I think one of the reasons I'm drawn to his style of music so hard is that it's like 
most of the songs are all about like letting go of fears and just doing whatever the fuck makes you happy and how life can't keep you down and you got to just keep going and just keep living the dream and doing whatever makes you happy and that's kind of the message i wanted to leave all of you this week is uh don't be beholden to life's restrictions just fucking do whatever the hell you want you know i had i had to unfortunately leave the concert early because i have to work the next day and i have to wake up at like 5 30 and in order for me to be coherent tomorrow i needed to leave early to get enough sleep and you know fuck no no good story starts like oh i had to leave early and if there's a king of leaving early it's me i i fucking did that shit all the goddamn in high school and i left early fuck that shit don't make the same mistakes i did stay late be the last motherfucker to leave have have the time of your goddamn life you know what like hey i've been i've been sober for a little while here but and i've been cutting out all these nasty foods and eating well and being fit and all that stuff and that's great sure but sobriety is boring eating healthy is boring fucking this shit's yeah one turn but yeah one we there might be others we don't fucking know what i know is that i'm in the here and the now that's that's what i know that's i got a firm grasp on this here reality and you know what it's it's boring. <laughs> Sobriety's dull. Sure, it's healthy for you, but what's the point of living a healthy life if you're not actually fucking living? So don't do not do what I did tonight. You know what? Stay stay the whole fucking show. Go to the after party at a bar down the street. Just fucking do it. Life is too goddamn short. And there's no excuse, you know? Oh, I got work in the morning. That's a weak-ass excuse. That's right, I'm talking to myself. This is bullshit. Should have stayed. God damn it don't don't have regrets just do whatever the fuck it makes you happy and hey you know what if leaving early makes you happy then kalu kalay you figured it out but you know nine times out of ten i find that the best stories are when i go beyond my comfort zones like the nights i remember in college are the nights where i didn't leave early or the nights i stayed and the night just went fucking buck ass wild and it just kept going and I'm calling my buddies at like 2 a.m. to come party. And they got mad at me because they were sleeping. And it was like a Tuesday night. And I didn't have class the next day. But those are the nights I remember. I don't I don't remember the nights when I went home early. Because nothing happened. That's, that's what happens when you go home early. You go home. You take a shower. You brush your teeth. And you go to bed at a reasonable hour. What, what kind of... Who wants to hear that fucking story? No one. Not a goddamn soul wants to hear that fucking story. Stay out and party. That's the lesson of the week. Stay out and party. Fuck all the other shit you got. Go, just do it. Just fucking do it. Because you're going to have a tale to tell. Good or bad, you're going to have a tale to tell. And if life isn't just a string of stories tied together through boring sobriety bits, then fuck, I don't know. It's a pretty good definition of what life is. I did get a t-shirt, though. I did get a t-shirt. I got a, what is it? It's a baseball t-shirt. I love baseball t-shirts. Um, it's a large, which means it'll actually fucking fit me. And it's Alan Doyle, 2008-2009. Or 2018, 2019. Fuck, god damn it. Um, come out with me, tour. And this is the shirt I'm gonna break my sobriety streak in. I've just decided. Needs to go on the wash, though, so I'm gonna toss it in the laundry. Blame. So, yeah. So, I'm, I'm going on a weird tangent, but just real quick. Yeah, so I wanted to see if I could go a long time without drinking, and mission accomplished. I have done that. Now, I'm gonna goddamn live my fucking life the way I wanna live it, and that's that. Decision made fucking gonna be great 
Go out there and do something fun. Be the last one to leave. Make him kick you out. That's that's the mission. Go. That's your homework. Go. Go be crazy at a party. I know, in, like in these adulting days, doesn't seem like those opportunities come around very often. But I'll be I'll be damned if they aren't around. So I don't want to take. Oh, but where where am I supposed to party? As an excuse, just do it. Just fucking just do it. It's Tyler this week's episode. Just do it. God damn it. It probably won't be, but uh, I don't know. I'm, it's late and I'm tired and I've, I've already worked 42 hours this week and I have a full day tomorrow. So woohoo. Anyway. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast. Thank you all very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Going Up cast as much as I did. Because God damn, if this isn't one of the things that's keeping me going anymore. Oh boy. Brand new Harry Potter chapters for you to listen to. Some rocking holy shit, your ears music. Oh man, just tons of great stuff. And uh, I love you, and you're the best. I just I want to give you a big old hug with my words. Just picture my my big strong arms just wrapping right around your head. I'm squeezing your ears in a, in a, in a hug of love. You're the best. Share the podcast. I'll see y'all next week. Enjoy the chapters. Go out there and have some fucking fun. Talk to you later. Another week, another batch of Harry Potter chapters. Chapter 10, The Hour of Gaunt. Yes, I know it's the House of Gaunt, but you'll understand why it's called The Hour of Gaunt when you listen to the chapter. Chapter 11, Hermione's Helping Hand. And Chapter 12, Silver and Apples. Yes. This batch of chapters covers some more shit about Voldemort. Gets Hermione's knickers all up in a twist because Ron's banging somebody else. And does some dumb shit with like a necklace and crap. First uh, moment for the for the three chapters that I want to talk about is uh, once again Ron getting dumped on. Because I hate Ron. You hate Ron. <laughs> we all hate Ron. Let's take a listen. And you've been through all that persecution from the ministry when they were trying to make you out uh, you were unstable and a liar. You can still see the marks on the back of your hand where that evil woman made you write with your own blood. But you stuck to your story anyway. You can still see the, uh, where the brain's got to hold me at the ministry. Look, said Ron shaking back his sleeve. And it doesn't hurt that you've grown about a foot over the summer either, said Hermione, uh, finished, ignoring Ron. I'm tall, said Ron, inconsequentially. Man, I don't even need to dump on Ron. The book's doing it, like, an excellent job for me. In canon! Feel useless, Ron. Feel useless. Sit. No, you sit there. And you understand that the creator of your world and your bare existence doesn't like you. Me, I'm just a bystander. I'm just absorbing the hate that is written before me. But you're feeling the brunt of it right now. How does that make you feel? That it's written in your very fabric of reality that you suck. That hurts more than anything I can ever do. Three brand new Harry Potter and the Blarrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
sure, why not? Uh, it's it's the last names of the um of the people that uh, that wrote it, and it was released in 1971 off the album of the same name. Now it's called Lakeshore Drive because it's it stands for LSD, and that was the drug they were they were doing all the time. Do you get it? Do you get it? It's all about the drug, LSD. But it's just. I, I love it. it. It actually, in my head, it achieves the title of the song as well in the Lakeshore Drive. Because when you hear this song, it's the perfect music to be driving down like a coast road just with the windows down with a warm br- summer breeze. Often in through those open windows and you just got this kind of song just bopping along that 70s slow. Oh, it's so good. It's so beautiful. Here's my cover. Lakeshore Drive is made popular by the Guardians of the Galaxy. in my hometown Lakeshore Drive the road is called and it'll take you up or down Rats on up to riches 15 minutes you can fly Pretty blue lights along the way You'll be right on by Blue lights shine with a heavenly grace You'll be right on by Like it anywhere I have found. Running south on Lakeshore Drive, getting into town. Slipping on by on LSD, by night level bound. And the other song I want to talk about this week is actually older from Traffic, released in 1967 off their debut album, Mr. Fantasy. It is Dear Mr. Fantasy, which is the song you hear at the beginning of Endgame as like the Marvel logo comes rolling in that's the song you hear uh has got some pretty pretty well-known people on there uh Steve Winwood was uh was a part of the uh writing process as was Chris Wood and the song appears in Avengers Endgame beautiful song it's great and I think it is going to be in my head forever associated with uh the MCU as most of these songs will because while they were incredible songs and still are incredible songs in their own right, they were definitely brought back to the forefront by the MCU and just shows that they have, uh, they've got really good people making the decisions over there at, at like when it comes to the music, the casting, the costumes, they got, they got good folks, probably some of the best in the biz. And it's, it's awesome to be able to rock onto these tunes and have them re-enter the popular sphere. Fantastic stuff. If you have a song or a cover that you would like to perform to appear on the Going Up cast, feel free to email me at goingupcast at gmail.com or use the contact page at goingupcast.com and we will slap that cover right in the middle of the podcast like we do with mine every week. But for now, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Finally this week, I want to talk about probably for the last time for a while the state and the potential future of the MCU and what we know now because it's interesting to talk about because as we are aware Spider-Man Far From Home is the final film of the Infinity Saga started in 2008 with Iron Man led all the way over to here 2019 with Endgame and all that Jazz Jeff action 
They just dropped a trailer a couple of days ago talking about uh, how Spider-Man Far From Home is really going to address a post-Endgame MCU, the loss of Iron Man, and how it impacts uh, particularly Spider-Man due to the basically father-son relationship that they had, and how it seems like they are planning on Spider-Man becoming the new Iron Man and filling in those shoes, which makes a lot of sense. Spider-Man is one of the, if not the most popular Marvel characters of all time. I remember when Doctor Strange was first coming out, everybody thought that he was going to be the new Tony Stark because he's, like, rich and kind of fills that uh, vein. But um, I think Spider-Man fits the bill a bit better because of the father-son relationship they had and the fact that Spider-Man is a more likable character with an echelon of incredible villains. I was talking with some people the other day about where we think the MCU is going, and I think Spider-Man and Fantastic Four is the direction they need to start kind of heading down. Because those are both areas that have been touched on in movies in the past, but neither uh, heroes or group of heroes have really gotten their, their time in the sun. I mean, Spider-Man only recently got good with Homecoming. Yeah, you know, oh, Sam Raimi, me, 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 Amazing Spider-Man, me, me, Those movies suck. Um, Sam Raimi was fine, but it's campy stuff. Like, it's not... Homecoming was the first good Spider-Man movie, as far as I'm concerned. And then Into the Spider-Verse came along and was even better. So, like, they're just now figuring the shit out. So, you've got the best Spider-Man actor ever, Tom Holland. And you've got Far From Home, where we're going to talk about, like, Mysterio and Spider-Man becoming the new the new head honcho. And I'm like, rad. And a lot of people are speculating that the next, like, big villain is probably going to be Galactus. Um, but they have yet to really touch on Doctor Doom and a lot of the Fantastic Four uh, villains. Uh, my dad actually thinks that one of the people coming down the pipeline is going to be the Submariner, uh, which is a more like the first Fantastic Four villain because of the underwater earthquake teased in Endgame. And I'm like, oh, oh, that'd be really good. That's, that's a good Easter egg if they're talking about Submariner in the future. But all of what I just said there is pure conjecture, uh, possibly the path they're going down. Here is what we know for sure like this is these are facts number one they're making a black widow film that is confirmed that is happening we know scarlett johansson will also serve a producer on that film being the first uh marvel actor to also produce the a movie they are starring in so we know they're making a black widow movie we know that for a fact we know they're making an eternals film uh thanos is an eternal um, the collector, the dude from Guardians of the Galaxy who had the uh, the Reality Stone, he was a or the um, yeah, the Reality Stone. Uh, he's a collector, or uh, he's an internal. They're like these race of beings that have been around since the dawn of the universe and all that kind of fun stuff. They're making a Shang Chi movie, who was like a uh, a Marvel like master of kung fu. So that could be pretty cool. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy three, we know that one is being made. We know there's a Doctor Strange sequel because. Cumberbatch agreed to uh, do that in the original contract. We know there's a Black Panther sequel. We know there's an Ant-Man and the Wasp sequel. We know there's a Captain Marvel sequel. We know there might be a fourth Thor movie or a Thor Ragnarok sequel is what it's kind of being teased as, um, which will be interesting. And they are talking about bringing back Blade with Wesley Snipes reprising his role as Blade, the vampire hunter. So all of those are kind of are kind of promises but you may notice that while many of them are a continuation of what we've already gone through and while a lot of those are very well set up to think about it like 
these are these movies are the movies that stand the best chance at figuring out where the next big threat comes from. Strange has the magic ship. Guardians of the Galaxy are actively exploring space. So is Captain Marvel. Black Panther has all his Wakanda tech. Like these, these are the the Sentinel uh, heroes keeping an eye out on shit. And they're all the ones on the on the block up next for new movies. So between between this crew, we're probably gonna figure out where they're going in the in the future, which is gonna be pretty interesting. But I feel like in order for them to really go the Galactus route, they have to establish and bring in the Fantastic Four. Because they have not had a good movie ever, and they fucking need one. And Marvel needs Marvel's the only ones that will be able to do it. They need to establish the Fantastic Four. I don't want them to do the origin movie because we've been there and done that and we all have seen it. You know, Homecoming, like, I don't remember if Homecoming really dealt with um, him getting bitten by the spider. Like, it, he already had his powers. He was already Spider-Man, you know? They established that shit in other movies and, like, teased him in. They could do the same thing with the Fantastic Four, especially because we got another Spider-Man movie right the fuck now, you know? And Doctor Strange also lives in New York. Like, there's ways to do it. I don't think they need to do like the, oh my god, cosmic radiation, you're the thing now. Oh no, you'll never be human again. They don't need to do that. They just need to bring in the goddamn Fantastic Four in a not shitty way. And then they can go that. And Disney has the rights to the Fantastic Four back. Because Fantastic Four were owned by Fox, I believe. Um, 90, 90% Fantastic Four movie right uh owner uh dip, dip, dip. yep yeah it was fox that owned it and disney bought it back so disney has fantastic four again um they they need to establish them dr doom would be a phenomenal villain when like when you look at lists of like top 100 marvel villains of all time he's always in the top five dr doom is fucking sweet everybody loves dr doom so he needs he needs his time in the sun and galactus is easily like the next big threat you know Thanos was universe ending. Galactus is planet threatening for sure, but fucking he's he's great. I love Galactus. So I want I want the big purple di- fucking dinosaur. Big purple fucking giant to show up. Silver Surfer like you can tease that shit in. How fucking dope will it be while the Guardians of the Galaxy are fighting Adam Warlock because he was teased at the end of Guardians 2 to be the villain of Guardians 3. Uh if the Silver Surfer just like flew by and everybody was like, "What was that? I don't know." Be fucking crazy. They will lose their minds if the Silver Surfer showed up. So, yeah, that's that's my prediction on where this shit's going to go because kind of where else can it go? Also, um, I was speaking to some people after Dark Phoenix, this X-Men movie coming up. Uh, that seems to be the end of this current run of X-Men films. They seem to be uh, planning on taking a break. And then when the X-Men come back, it might be with a brand new cast of people, which makes a fair amount of sense because just like Fantastic Four... X-Men is now once again owned by Disney and Marvel. So that is a very good chance that we could get the mutants rolling up into this shit and just tie it all together. Um, The only major character Marvel owns that is outside of its control, sort of, is Spider-Man. And now they've worked in collaboration to make these movies awesome. So, and Sony's doing good shit with Spider-Man. Like, Into the Spider-Verse was a wonderful film and I loved it. It was new, it was quirky, it wasn't anything like we'd ever seen before. And they killed it. So, they're, they're doing good stuff. Venom sucked, but, you know, they can't all be winners. Um, and, yeah, Spider-Man is basically the last vestige of Marvel shit that they don't have 
complete creative control over, but for all intents and purposes, they might as well because Homecoming was great and Far From Home looks pretty good. So I can't wait to see Spider-Man 3 Homeward Bound. Like, <laughs> do, do they all need to have the word home in it? Maybe. I don't know. But uh, that's kind of where MCU seems to be going. And in order for them to be truly successful, I think they need to go back to small tier. They've, they've established such a rich universe, it's not going to be totally possible to go back to like before the time of superheroes. It's all pretty well established, but what they need to do is they need to have some low tier threats and then slowly build up to Galactus, you know? And the best way you do that is you send the Sentinel Silver Surfer in to warn people. Like, that's, that's what he does. Silver Surfer is all about prepping the planet, so... Mark my words, you're going to see that silver bastard ride in and he's going to prep Earth and it's going to go popping off and I'm going to be so fucking hyped. It's going to be great. Where does Marvel go from here? If they touch on Galactus and do the Fantastic Four, bring in the X-Men, Magneto's classic. Uh, there's lots of great uh, story threads that you can do there, but what Marvel might need to start doing is di uh, deep diving into the echelons of the past and dig up like Fing Fang Foom and MODOK and some horrible dumb shit. Uh, which, you know, they proved with the Guardians that they can bring in characters nobody's ever fucking heard of and make a great fucking movie out of it. So, I trust them. And I'm excited to see where they go with the new stuff. And thank you all very much for listening to this episode of The Growing Up Cast. I hope you enjoyed me talking about Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's basically it. It's pretty high on my mind right now, and I'm very excited for the new Spider-Man movie. I thought the trailer was great. I will see you all tomorrow night for more Harry Potter chapters. And I'll see y'all next week for a brand new episode of the Going Up Cast. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you again soon.